I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the one more thing, King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, man. Where do we want to start with this? Do we want to start on fun stuff with Portland, or <laughs> do you want to get Fiery Isaac out of the way right now? I don't know if I want to get it out of the way. Do I want to, we want to maybe tease it? I don't care how, whenever you want to you, do it. I'm ready to go in about the All Stars. This stuff. is like something you won't cool down about. I don't know. I, I've been I've been upset about it ever since they announced it. I didn't think Trey Young would be a don't, starter don't, at don't, all. Don't give it up. Don't give it up. We'll do it. We'll do it later. We'll talk about it later. I gotta contain it now because <laughs> this has nothing to do with the Luca Trey Young thing. It's everything to do with the worst team in the league is going to have a starter in the All Star game. And okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'm gonna go on the pod today. We're gonna get into the All Star starters. Obviously, Luca has been named an All Star starter. Congrats to him. And then we'll break down the Mavericks game against the Portland Trailblazers, a 133 to 125 win in Portland. The Mavericks are just the Mavericks are just insane on the road. And then when they come home in the AAC, I don't know, they just get too comfortable or something. But the Mavericks are so good on the road. Uh, what's their record now on the road? They're 15-5 and five <laughs> overall on the road. <laughs> Amazing from them. So, an interesting game. Uh, one that I just didn't feel good about the entire time, even though they uh, were up by 25 at one point. Dame Lillard went off in this game. He had 47. Um, but, yeah, we'll break down that game. Uh, all right, let's do it. Let's get into this all-star starter stuff. Uh, all- now we're going to do it. I just turned it off. I'm we're like, doing right. it now. We're doing it now. I'll oh rile you back up. I promise. All-star starters were revealed uh, for the Western Conference. Luka and James Harden in the backcourt. And then the front court is the Lakers duo of LeBron and AD. LeBron is the starter. Uh, and then Kawhi, Le- or Kawhi LeBron is the captain. And then Kawhi as the fifth starter there. Um, LeBron... <laughs> LeBron, okay, let's put on the tinfoil hats, boys and girls, okay? Uh, I'm ready. LeBron had had like 160,000 more votes than Luka, which is not that many if you think about it, because they both no, got 6 million votes. That's I did the math. It's 2.6% of Luka's votes is 160,000. Hmm. 2.6%. Do you remember that day that we kind of brushed off where the glitch. the glitch where you were not able to vote for Luca, you were also not able to vote for Trey Young either that day, I remember. Uh, but you couldn't vote for Luca on NBA.com for like an entire day. And it was right before, like, it was after the first returns, and it was like between the first and second returns. Do you remember that day? Oh, I remember it. Yeah. I remember I went on there and I tried to go and vote for Luca, and uh, my tinfoil hat's a little crinkled. And uh, it's because I think that the NBA is in is in on the joke right now, they're in on it. I wouldn't call it a joke. I mean, they, yeah, it is a joke. Win. It's a joke that Lucas Lucas should be the should be the captain. He should be picking teams. I mean, the, of course they want LeBron. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're like they want LA. They want LeBron in the finals this year too. The uh, the the show with with Luca and Giannis picking teams might be pretty boring. To be honest, though, if we're talking about just a made for TV moment. Like if Luca and Giannis are going back and forth on TV. It would it would have been a beautiful moment as far as 
Yes. Just the David Stern impact and just where it's at right now of two international guys. Yeah. However, being the captains of the All Star team, but you know, NBA's got to do their thing, and uh, they got to get their their guy. I'm not uh, saying. I'm just saying that that okay. One thing happened. Luca barely missed out on captain, and there was a time when you couldn't vote for him. I'm I'm not saying those two things are connected. I'm just saying both of those things happened. And Luca was beating LeBron in the first returns. The glitch happens, and then LeBron is beating him in the second, third, and then eventually now the fourth. Shocker. Crazy. Crazy. East starters, um, Trey Young and Kemba Walker in the backcourt, and then Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, and then obviously Giannis is the captain again. Luca, by the way, got more votes than Giannis. And so the thing that we should actually be upset about, if you're upset about anything, which none of this really matters, but Luca got more votes than Giannis. So he should be a captain because the conferences don't really matter except for starters. No, right? Like where the, and then, you know, how however many players you get from each, you know, representation, I guess it matters, but yeah, I just thought that that was was interesting because they're just they're gonna mix all of them when they pick yeah. teams. So Luca and LeBron, it should be Luca and LeBron, which that would be a beautiful moment because Luca looked up to LeBron. You know, the next generation. Like, what is he? Fourteen years younger than LeBron. I mean, that's just wild. Um, but we get LeBron and Giannis again picking teams. So, but and ga- hey, and what like we said two weeks ago, Galaxy Brain take of this. Uh, hey, it's yeah. great. It's okay. Giannis is gonna be the captain. You know, if Luca was a captain of the West instead of LeBron, Giannis and Luca couldn't have been on the same team at that point. So, this allows the possibility to happen. LeBron's going to take his boy, Anthony Davis, first. It's going to go across to Giannis. And, yeah, okay, he could take Kawhi. Sure, I get it. But I'm a, I think he's just going to take Luca and say, let's do it. Mm. And then one, if he takes Luca over Kawhi, I'm trying to think over Embiid or who I, we're gonna flip out, right? Everyone will flip out. Yes. And so just just prepare because Trey's the last pick of the starters, right? To, do you want to start on this, Trey or Siakam? No, because a couple more things. Luca is only the second Maverick ever to be voted into the All Star game as a starter. The other one, Jason Kidd, back in 1996. That's right. The great Dirk Nowitzki never was voted into the All Star starters. A travesty of all time. Uh, but he he just so happened to be going, you know, he played in the same era yeah. as Duncan and KG, and you know, uh, positions were a little more strict at that point. Dirk in 2007 and 2010 was he was an All Star starter, but he was um, in as a replacement. So he started two All Star games, but he was only in as a replacement. Luca becomes the ninth youngest All Star in NBA history, behind the youngest was Kobe, then LeBron, Magic. Kevin Garnett, Isaiah Thomas, the uh, Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, and Shaq. And Luka is the youngest starter in an all-star game since LeBron in 2005. That's wild. That is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it is crazy because we've just been expecting it because we knew he was going to be a starter. But when you I listened to this other podcast today and they were asking of all the starters, they said, hey, you know, who's the most surprising? And they just immediately said Luca because, you know, they're like, hey, no, like this big of a leap for Luca to go from rookie of the year last year and he was great last year to an 100% all-star starter, not even question yeah. MVP candidate. Like it's insane. And we like – Right now, we're like accustomed to that. Now he was the number one West guard in fan vote, 
media vote and player vote, like 100% across the board. Now, some people say that says more about what people think about James Harden than about Luka, but no. you know, and the, the rest of the West Guards, like there, you know, there's Damian Lillard and then there was the, the field. You know, there wasn't really another option that people could choose from, but Luka has cemented himself like in that, in that race this year, and he player- has the fact that he was number one in all three of those categories is huge. Players also voted James Harden the MVP a few years ago in their Players' Choice Awards. Remember that? True. So, but they hate not, him now. Now they hate him. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, I don't buy that at all. The player one is the one that meant the most to me. That the players across the league recognize his greatness, right? Yeah, now. and that 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 was the cool part. Media, you know, I get it with media. Uh, I like seeing some of the. Um, just biggest differences between like player vote and stuff like Rudy Gobert. He was like eighth in uh player vote. Uh, but in media vote, he was like fourth or fifth as far as like, uh, yeah. uh bigs in the West. And you kind of see the differences between that, but yeah, it's incredible that where Luca's at right now. And that, that's why like right now we're comparing Luca, you know, it used to be different people in his draft class. That comparison is just done. It's, comparing Luca to LeBron and Giannis and these type of guys. Like he's in that echelon of players right now. And it's just crazy. That's where we're already at. It's amazing. That's where we're at. Um, but the starters, we, we went over all the starters, East and West Isaac Harris. Do you have any issues with any of the starters? <laughs> okay. Just set it up on a tee. No, here's the thing. It has, it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that it's Luca versus Trey. I, I, that I've seen people on Twitter and stuff after the announcement tonight. And like, Hey, why can't Luca fans just get over it? Be happy for Trey. It, you, you can't just live in this rivalry. It has nothing to do with Luca and Trey. The fact that this could be Terry Rozier that is in the last place team in the Eastern Conference and he's named a starter and I would be just as upset. I just don't like how can how can we sit here and say it, that the worst team, 11 win team, their best player on 11 win team is the starter in an all-star game. That's absolutely absurd to me. I think it should be. And it's it's crazy that it's Ben Simmons because I've taken my fair share of shots at Ben Simmons. But I think it should have been Ben Simmons. It should have been Kyle Lowry over Trey Young. But here's the thing. It's all about what you think the All-Star game is. So I tweeted out and I said, hey, Ben Simmons should make it over. or should start over Trey Young. Chris Henderson, Hendo, um, friend of mine at games and stuff, he, he replied. He was like, yeah, he's you know all aboard Trey and, and all that stuff. And but he replied something to me that I've seen a lot on Twitter. He's like, "Hey, I just want to see like a show. I want to, you know, the All Star Game is about highlights and having fun and all that stuff. If we want the All Star Game to just be about highlights and having fun, then let's stop using it to argue Hall of Fame cases or stop listing it on." like career resumes when it comes to all NBAs and we're listening like 12 time all-star and all this stuff because now Trey Young gets one of those and he's he literally is on the worst team in the league so if it's going to be about that then why isn't John Morant going to be in over Rudy Gobert you know why is it why aren't you going to make freaking Boban an all-star if it's about highlights and who's going to have fun and entertainment if that's all the all-star game's about then heck Gerald Green should have been a 12-time all-star okay so it's not just about that it's it, we value all-star game appearances and when you have somebody like Trey Young I get 29 you know points a game cool you have 8 assists a game awesome well you're basically the Jameis Winston of the freaking NBA okay there's a reason why Jameis Winston's not starting the pro bowl game Okay, like that. Th- there's a reason for that. 
So if your team sucks and you can't lead your team to wins, you shouldn't be rewarded with a starting spot in the All-Star game. You get a reserve spot. I think he gets one of my wild card spots, but a starting spot? Get out of here. Sorry. I don't think we ever differentiate the difference between starters and bench reserve players or even replacement players after the fact. After the weekend of the All-Star game is done, I don't think anyone cares to differentiate between starter and reserve or even injury replacement. You're just an All-Star. That's You just get that. Mark and I think Trey Young season so far deserves to be an All Star, especially compared to the rest of the field. If you had to throw him in the same category as the Western Conference guys, maybe you throw him, you know, down there with a, a Donovan Mitchell and a Booker and a Westbrook, and you try to compare at that point, and you say, well, maybe the wins probably, you know, rule him out of that category. But there's just no one else. Like like Kyle ben Lowry, Simmons, Ben Simmons, though. Kyle Lowry, Ben, ben Simmons, Simmons deserves are, it. They're gonna get in, but. He deserves to start over Trey Young, though. With Embiid being out, with I where don't the, think the starter team matters is, that much. I, but I think it does. When you're looking at who starts in an All Star game, like this is who the, started it, last year. I don't remember any of them. Giannis, but it's LeBron. The, it's the best. It's the best players in the league, though. And right now, and who's having the best seasons in the league? And I'm sorry, it, Trey Young chucking up shots. And you know, when your team has nothing to play for, and you're just out there getting stats, that's cool and all. But like, you shouldn't be rewarded with a starter spot. Like I, I said before, I critique Ben Simmons all the time, but Ben Simmons has led that team with Embiid being out. They're on a a winning record on a playoff team. And he plays a heck of a better job on defense than Trey Young even like attempts to. So cool. I'm glad Trey Young can shoot better than than Ben Simmons. But so that it's just dumb. And here's the thing: Trey Young's probably gonna go out in the All Star game and have some cool highlights. And I'm happy. I don't like. I love seeing some of his highlights. I love seeing the video tonight when he's getting emotional and he's named All Star. That's cool for him. Like I, I can separate the two in this. I'm saying, man, that's a cool moment for him. Like I'm happy for a, for a professional athlete. I like seeing stuff like that. It's just I, I hate. I almost hate that it's Trey Young. I wish it was like somebody else, like a Terry Rozier or something, because it makes it seem like from a Mavs fans, like oh Luca trade all this stuff. Which that ain't even debate anyway, because Luca's just in a whole different stratosphere than Trey Young. But it that's my that's my biggest thing for me. Winning does matter when it comes to this stuff, and the fact that literally the worst team in the league has an All Star starter, I have an issue with that. Understandable. All right, coming up, let's get into this Mavericks game against the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, we'll get off Trey Young's back, or we'll get off the All-Star starters back. Uh, coming up, let's get into that. But before we do, Isaac Harris, Super Bowl's coming up. There's all kinds of uh, betting going on, all kinds of prop bets, all kinds of stuff. And MyBookie.ag is ready to be there for you when you want to put down some money. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little to win a lot, try to parlay, for instance, if a couple of the big favorites this week parlay are perfect, you can parlay a Mavericks game with the Super Bowl. You can parlay all kinds of things. Uh, then you get a much bigger payout from doing that. Um, if you're tired of waiting on the, watching the games from the couch, gaining nothing, MyBookie wants you to get your mind off everything else and get back on the game. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in money to use on MyBookie. Just enter the promo code Locked on NBA at mybookie.ag. Once again, that's promo code Locked on NBA to take advantage of mybookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Isaac. Let's get into this game. The Dallas Mavericks again. They win 
in Portland. Uh, they had a 25-point lead at one point. And I just, I didn't feel good about this game. The, the Blazers end up going on a 17-0 run um, to come back. And then the Mavericks basically were just teetering back and forth between like a nine-point lead and then like a 12-point lead. They just were going back and forth and back and forth. And eventually they just held it for the rest of the game. Uh, and time time eventually just ran out for the Blazers. CJ McCollum didn't play in this game. Uh, Joseph Nurkic is still not back in this game for the Blazers. Um, yeah, uh, this was the first game for Trevor Ariza, so Kent Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver, those guys are gone. Uh, this is a different-looking Blazers team than you know that we've seen in the years past. Damian Lillard's still the same, 47 points for him. Uh, on the Mavericks side, Dwight Powell's the first game fully without him, and we saw Christoph Porzingis starting at center, Dorian Finney-Smith at the four, Tim Hardaway Jr. at the three, Seth Curry and Luka in the backcourt. Uh, that was an interesting starting five. What, let's start with let's start there. What did you think about the starting lineup and the decision uh, to not go with Maxi and dis- instead go with Seth Curry as the fifth starter? Yeah, I think that's the kind of the story of the game for the Mavericks. And you know, a lot of people are speculating where were the Mavericks going to go. Even you know, yesterday on yesterday's pod, you know, I threw out there. I'm like, hey, the biggest question right now for the Mavericks is, do they want to stay big or do they want to? finally shift and start going smaller something that i've wanted them to do for a while and put kp at the five and just embrace the offense um and you know it surprised me because i thought they would naturally just put maxi in there i think maxi should start even before dwight's injury but they (laughs) put seth curry in there so i saw that i got i was kind of surprised i'm like dang going all offense i think some of it could i think they could play the matchup game in this i don't think this is one thing I do want to pull away from this game of saying, I don't think you can just look at this one Portland game and say, dang, we put up what? Well, how many total points? Over 130. We put up 130 points. So, you know, this is the lineup we have to roll with going forward. The The Blazers are 24th in the league in defensive rating. Okay. So when you're rolling out Hassan Whiteside, Carmelo Anthony front court, I don't know if you can really make any vast judgments about your offense going against that you know, defensive all defensive tandem between uh, Whiteside and Mello. But, you know, they did, they got it, you know, they went fast. They shot a ton of threes. They were hitting their shots. I mean, that that was the biggest thing. I mean, they hit mostly all their three pointers. Both teams were hitting at the very beginning. But, you know, the two obvious things when you start going small like that and you put somebody like Porzingis at the five is you're going to struggle rebounding and you're going to struggle defensively. And if you're going to kind of, not really, I don't want to say throw in the towel in those areas, but if you're going to sacrifice those areas, you better hit your shots. And they hit their shots tonight, so it worked. Yeah, end of the first quarter is 45 to 37, which, you know, Carlisle's thing is if you can hold them under, what was it, 30 points or tw- 25 points in yeah. a quarter, that's positive. What no, what was the number? Was it 25 or? I think it was 25 or 25 or 24 or something. You can hold it if you can hold if you can hold the team to 24 points and they give up 37. Uh, that's just not you know, necessarily positive quarter. They hit 10 threes in the first quarter. Seven different players hit a three in the first quarter. Uh, that was a crazy, crazy stretch right there. Uh, Mavericks just going on a run. They went up 43-28 at one point, and then Portland went on a quiet little nine-point run at the end there, and that's kind of what killed the Mavericks. They would go on these runs, and then they would be at the mountaintop of their lead, and then all of a sudden the Blazers were just, you know, Dame basically would just hit three threes, like back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, and that he would... Uh, just bring the Blazers just a little bit back, like right within striking distance of this. Um, also, with five seconds left in the quarter, Luca was driving, and he stepped on Hassan Whiteside's foot and kind of tweaked his ankle a little bit. And 
it didn't even look like anything, right? Like it didn't look like his ankle turned. Yeah. It wasn't really even anything, but he was kind of on the floor. He got up. He went to the, the bench. They held him out for a little bit during the second quarter. He ended up coming back with about six minutes left in the second quarter, which is not even abnormal for his rotation. But he had ice on it. He was doing the little, uh, what's the thing that they were making fun of on Inside the NBA? The heat, the, heat, the heat or cooling, like stick, whatever you put on your cab. We need Dr. Brian to tell us what what that was but uh he was treating that he came back and he played and he, i think he was totally fine the rest of the game but thought it was worth mentioning uh then second quarter jalen brunson comes in and the guy was just a flamethrower and we can start there with the mavericks i mean their bench was massive in this game uh jalen brunson was aggressive delon wright was aggressive it almost God, looked DeLon like delon Wright. it almost My looked God. like this mavericks team especially for jalen and delon they're like there are minutes available for us, so I'm going to take my minutes. And also, this team is going to let me score on them. I will score on them. Like, if you guys yeah. are going to allow us to drive past us on Whiteside, uh, playing Chris Porzingis at the five, playing Maxi at the five. Uh, basically, this entire game, there was not one player on the Mavericks that played that could not hit a three, right? Like Every single player could hit a three, and I think did. Did every single player? The only person that didn't was DeLon Wright. Uh, but he can hit a three, right? And so every single player is there. There's so much spacing. Hassan Whiteside's all the way out guarding Porzingis on the perimeter. And you have guards coming over to rotate and to, you know, to guard at the rim. Like Mavericks are just feasting in the lane after with all that space. I mean, the Kristaps Porzingis, though, if there's one positive from the Dwight Powell injury, it's playing Kristaps Porzingis at the five more because Mm, then you play five out more. Uh, You know, they're going to miss – Dwight in other games, right? This is probably not one of the games where they miss Dwight. There's definitely other times because as a team going into the playoffs, you don't know who you're going to face. You want to have different looks. You want to have different options. They need to have that kind of a rolling threat. They need to have that kind of a player. And they have it maxi, but uh, I think they need we we still think they need one more piece that can uh that can do that because you need to be able to hit them with with that kind of thing. A roller that can rebound, which is a thing that they need yeah. for anyway. And, and I think Dallas looked at it and said, hey, what what does the personnel look like for Portland? And how can we exploit that? Because, yeah, they got a big body in Whiteside. But Whiteside's not going to kill you on the offensive end. To where, you know, they looked at that situation and said, all right, they have Whiteside and Swanigan. Let's just play five out the whole time. Let's play small. Make yeah. one of them step out on the perimeter and guard Porzingis. And if they're if Porzingis, even if he's not hitting, they're at least you're pulling away from the lane. Somebody like Whiteside, who is a good shot blocker and who rebounds the basketball. And last, I mean tonight, I think he still finished with like ten or eleven boards, and fourteen, but, fourteen and ten. Okay, but I honestly thought he would finish with like twenty boards tonight. So. With them going five out and going small, he he had to play on the perimeter a little bit more. The thing with him getting rebounds, though, is if all the shots are threes, and, I mean, they took an insane amount of threes, both teams did, um, you're not going to get that many rebounds. Like, Portland took 39, the Mavericks took 47. Like, those rebounds are going far, and that's why I think the Mavericks are kind of a good rebounding team this year is they're taking so many threes that the ball, you know, ricochets off and bounces and goes into the mid-range, basically. And so, like, Dorian Finney-Smith is just you know like roaming around that mid-range area ready to get offensive rebounds and uh, on the other side ready to you know if you're defending somebody you're facing them you turn around all of a sudden the ball is coming right to you because they're shooting threes and if they're missing then they're going right to you and you know I think that's one reason the Mavericks have been a good rebounding team this year 
And, and we, we thought that this lineup would be their playoff lineup. Yeah. It's just they're having to show their cards a little bit right now because they almost have to. Brad Townsend, um, coincidentally, just tw- tweeted this out and said, this is after the game, Carla on Porzingis playing center. Uh, quote from Carla from yeah Brad's Twitter. Well, we're running out of big men. We're going to be smaller in a lot of situations. This is an adjustment that we need, we needed to make tonight so that we will have so that we had space to attack the paint. Him being on the floor creates problems for the other team. So when you have somebody a big like Whiteside, it it does create problems for him, and you don't get you don't get punished for it on the other end. To where yeah. let's just say it's an Embiid. You know, yeah, you're creating you know a mismatch on when you have the ball and you're pulling him away from the rim, but they're going to come right back down and post Embiid, you know, on Porzingis yeah. who ha- or Dorian Finney-Smith, and it's going to be a mismatch there. So it, they still need a bigger body for those type of big guys to where they can you know to where it, they can punish you on that end. But when you play somebody like Whiteside who's not going to post you up, even Portland tried posting up Carmelo like three times in a row. They even mm-hmm. ran some post ups for Swanigan. I'm like, yeah, oh, one like, of those was an air ball. It was like a turnaround fadeaway. He tried the Dirk shot and it just didn't go at all. The Carmelo post-ups on Justin Jackson, like he just, he looks at Justin Jackson and like his mouth starts to water. He's like, oh yeah, let me, let me go. And in the first matchup, of, or I guess the second game the, that they played like a week ago, uh, he was hitting on those. Like he was really killing Justin Jackson. But in this game, uh, he was taking too much time and he was, he was, over there and he was dribbling and he was holding the ball and he was like looking at Justin Jackson just like staring him down and it let Christoph Porzingis or Maxi come over and kind of help or or another guard or somebody else gave him enough time to come over and help and that's when he was you know he did he had that travel he had you know he missed some shots point blank uh, Mavs got rebounds off of those and he didn't get a second chance um, but yeah that, I think that's where where those kind of plays are ineffective if you're just holding the ball and allowing the help to come over because everyone knows that Carmelo's going up with the ball yeah and and Justin Jackson he tried to hold his ground on that but you would take that if you're the Mavericks you'll take a yeah. Carmelo post up and give it sure have it so I I think it'll be situational on them running this five out stuff I think you'll see it against Utah this weekend because Gobert's not a post up presence on the other end yeah. so you can run KP at the five with Gobert out there and then play stretch five. You want to pull, you know, just play it five out. You want to pull Gobert away from the rim, but it's when you play against a guy that can post you up inside, that's where they might have to put Maxi in there instead of Seth. Gobert's going to kill you more as a roller and a, a rim runner and as a lob threat, though. They That's what's one thing they really have to, to watch out for because they're going to get killed on pick and rolls with Mitchell and Gobert if they – are just going to play five out like that. But uh, All right, coming up, let's get into uh, the rest of this game. There's some more stuff to get into. Uh, the bench, Luka, 27 points in this game. Porzingis, 20 points. Looked like he was almost back in this game. Uh, he shot the ball really well. Pretty much everybody shot the ball really well. But uh, a really good Porzingis game. Lots of other stuff. Brunson, 17 points off the bench. Curry, 17 points. Uh, let's get into that coming up after this. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure that you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Maps is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Mavs fans like you. And unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. That's you listening right now, our loyal listeners, the Raccoon Squad. If your company wants to connect with Mavs fans and predominantly a male audience that is well-educated with a disposable income that lets you put your company right here on this Locked On podcast, 
You can text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising to let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help you achieve your Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777. Visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising or you can contact Isaac and I directly. You can DM us on um, Twitter. I appreciate everybody that's been DMing me on the Locked On NBA account on on Instagram. That's been kind of funny. I got some happy birthdays on there, which was funny. Uh, You can also email me, um, nickangstead at gmail.com and uh, if you're emailing me trade ideas, that's not what this is about. So <laughs> got one of those today. Um, so there you go. If you want to advertise with Lockdown, go ahead and text or email us or connect with us. All right, Isaac, the rest of this game, uh, I want to get into Kristaps Porzingis. 20 points, five boards, an assist, a steal, two blocks. He was six of 11 from the field, five of seven from the free throw line. He hit three of his four threes. I thought he was, I thought he was good in this game. When his shot is going down and he's hitting... Um, you know, sure he's a seven three shooting guard, but that's a big yeah. that's a big deal and that's a big thing. And it can provide a lot of space for this team. The Mavericks need a second twenty point scorer and probably a third to win in games like this when they are kind of giving up a lot on the defensive end and he came up big. I thought I don't know if you got to read uh Kevin O'Connor's piece on Porzingis and Luca. I think it came out today or yesterday, but uh, I thought it was really intriguing. I'm not going to comment a ton on it, but I, it, yeah, I, it definitely uh, makes you think a little bit. But um, Porzingis, man, that logo three, you know, there in the fourth, that was huge because you know, with with Luca being out in that fourth, you know, Damian Lillard can just <laughs> go and runs like you know on his own like he did. Uh, but just Porzingis hitting that uh, end of the shot clock and kind of turn around right in Melo's face. Uh, over there in front yeah, of the Yeah, that mid-range bench. baseline jumper, the, the dead jumper apparently. That, that, that that's, area. The, that's the stuff, man, that I, I still have faith that the, those shots will come for Borzinga. Heck yeah. Because the, those shots will be there all day, every day. When you're 7'3 and you elevate like he does, he can get that shot off over anybody. And then, yeah, he had the confidence and just the comfort to take that three from the logo, drained it. I love that for him. I thought he looked really comfortable out there. I think him playing the five is – um, it's. I think it'll be a little bit of shift for him. I think it'll be something that he will need to embrace too. Uh, you've read different times about Porzingis is uh, kind of like Anthony Davis a little bit, and you don't blame him a ton of wanting to play the four instead of the a five. Lot of guys so are like this. DeAndre Ayton yeah. also says this too. Exactly. So you know him embracing that I want to see what that you know looks like moving forward if it's not situational which I think will be situational and uh you know we got to still see if they're going to go out and get a big man you know anytime soon too but I thought Porzingis you know played really good tonight yeah tonight was a good reminder the Mavericks can go to this lineup if they need to Uh, and I think this is a good reminder that the Mavericks shouldn't use a lot of capital on a really expensive center right because Mm -hmm. their best lineup is always going to be this yeah, this this is the this is your last you know the last cards that you play. This is this starting unit tonight is the starting unit that you want. In my opinion, of this current roster, that's the starting unit that you want finishing in game in a playoff series in a playoff game. Is this starting five? You know, spreading the floor. Luca has room to work. Like you have shooters around him. So you just it, it's unfortunate you have to go to this now, but. 
you know, you have to, and you want to stay in the standings and we'll see where you know, Rick's a brilliant coach. So I, I want to see what he, you know, he does with this too. what did you think about halftime? Shaq, Chuck? Oh, I don't watch it. I'm Ernie. I'm out. I'm just out on announcers right now. Pretty much all announcers. I'm just, I don't want to hear them talk. Like all they well, do, Kenny's- all they do is, com- all we do is complain about them because all they do is complain about basketball. And I just don't want to hear it right now. So I watched, um, Seth Meyer show instead. <laughs> okay. Well, the only thing I'll say for I mean, space. It was funny. It went to halftime, and I literally looked at my wife and I said, "Hey, babe, watch this. They're going to complain about defense." And it's before <laughs> they even started talking, and Chuck just starts going in on it. But my favorite comment of all of it was, Shaq did the Bird Luca thing, and Bird man, Kenny, Bird man. Re- Kenny responded with, "He's a more aggressive Delif." Delif shrimp. Yeah, that's what he compared Luca oh, to. Jesus Christ! It's like, uh, yikes, Kenny. I know that. Uh, I know some of those classes at North Carolina were fake, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, anyway. Wow, disparaging a, a Tar Heel. Wow. Never, hey, when you never have thought a take I'd like, see the day. When you have a take like that, that's uh, oh, that's a little rough. Um, De- Delif with a career average fourteen points a game. So. <laughs> Shout out. Has Luca ever scored less than 14 points in a game? I don't think he can prove that. I don't think he can prove that. I don't know. <laughs> he has this year. I guess when I guess when he was 16 at Real Madrid. Ooh, winning titles. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But he- heck of a game by the bench tonight. Yeah. You know, like you said, the amount of people that hit a three-pointer, everybody like everybody who hit a three hit multiple threes with the exception of Justin Jackson. That's crazy in itself. Like Hardaway, Dorian, Porzingis, Luca, Seth, Maxi, Jalen, all hit multiple three pointers. Yeah, this is not that, like Dwight Howard or Steven Adams, like a, like taking a three every once in a while. These are guys that can actually hit them, you know, consistently. Yes, and you know, so yeah, the team shot forty six percent from three tonight. I think your question coming out of this moving forward is, you know, what does this five out small ball lineup look like in a full game when you're not hitting at this rate? You know, can you? Can you still can you be in these games? The fact that you still gave up 125 points to a Blazers team that basically just had Damian Lillard, you know, yeah. how if you're not hitting at that clip, what does what does it look like going against somebody like Utah if your shots you know not going down or as far as the whole team? So I, I'm curious what this. I'm happy for this win. This is an awesome win. First game without Dwight. You know they wrote Dwight's you know name and number on their shoes. That, yeah, was, that was a really cool. cool thing to see. And uh, so I'm I'm really excited about this win, but I'm I I just caution I don't want to put a ton of weight into it yet. I want to see a couple more games under their belt running this type of offense stuff before I'm like, all right, let's keep moving forward. Yeah, and again, this win wasn't always guaranteed. The the, the Blazers yeah. were threatening to come back all the time, and if things broke a different way, if one or two calls maybe had gone a different way, which the calls are all oh, over the oof. place on either on both sides of the ball, both sides tonight they were rough. Lillard just got smashed in the head a couple times, and I was like, what? Are, like, what are we even watching and looking for? Lillard got a tech at the very end of the game. See, that would be me. Like, if I was in the NBA. I would do worse than what Lillard did. Like once the game's already over, but yeah. it's not over. There's five seconds and I know left. I'm, but yeah, and I know I'm walking off the court. I would just go over and just give him my two cents where I'm like, well, oh, you suck. And, you know, add some <laughs> stuff to it probably Lillard did. And, you know, who cares if you get a T at that point? But Well, I think it costs money, tonight. right? I think it costs a couple thousand bucks. Okay, I think he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, he's signed that huge deal. He's got the record deal. <laughs> so I think he's doing all right. Um, the Mavericks scored over 130 points. This is their eighth game this season, scoring over 130 points. That's the second most ever for a Mavericks team. The first is the 1986-87 
team, they had 15 games of 130 points or more. And the pace was faster wow. back then in the 80s. Um, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot faster than it is right now. But um, yeah, Mavericks play on Saturday against the Jazz. That's the next game coming up. That'll be an interesting one. We'll see what the starting lineup brings, what the five out, all that kind of stuff. Um, Isaac, do you have one more thing? I do have one more thing. <laughs> I tweeted it out today, but a huge happy birthday to oh. you, Nick. Even though they're listening uh, on the day after. Yeah, it was on but, Thursday. One, two, three. <laughs> one, two, three. But no, <laughs> seriously, uh, if you, y'all haven't wished Nick a happy birthday, uh, it's cool. We've got to host this podcast together for over three years. And no. I guess over three years. No, Almost it'll, three it'll years. It'll be, it'll, we'll, we'll be starting our third, May 7th, May 2017 is when we started. So that's freaking We'll be wild. entering our third year soon. Okay. Well, Seems um, like a long time. This, this is like the this will be the third yeah. two and a half two and a half years. This will be the fourth off season we've done coming. I up. feel like most pods don't last two and a half years. We're reaching the seven hundred mark of pods together, which is crazy. And uh, but it's also it's super fun to work with Nick. But he's an also I mean as talented he is he's a better friend. So speaking of guys, speaking, thank you. Speaking of how talented I am, I am starting to write for the Central Track website. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, picked up writing again, so I'm writing for Central Track, which is Pete Friedman's website, um, which normally does like Dallas culture. You know those those articles you see with like the 45 things to do in Dallas this weekend. Um, you know music reviews, things like that, um, interviews with like celebrities from Dallas and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I'm writing about the Mavericks, and so I'll be doing a biweekly column on there. I just posted one about the parallels between the 2014-15 Mavs and the Rondo trade with this team and the decision coming up for the trade deadline. So uh, I I compared Rondo to uh, a large mammal. So if you want to hear that, um, a zoo animal. (laughs) If you want to hear that, go to centraltrack.com and you can read my stuff there and moving forward. So there you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Happy birthday, Nick. Boom. Thank you.